0: Right to be read podcast, episode number 58, interview with Matt Stone.
1: You are listening to the Right to be Read podcast, and this is your host, Ani Alexander.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Right to be Right podcast, the podcast that inspires and encourages writers. It's me, Anne Alexander, and I'm very happy that you're listening to this show. These days, I'm spending some time looking back at the journey that this podcast had since its the launch, and I'm really glad to see that it's been growing since then. I'm very happy with the listeners which I have who are absolutely awesome. I really love every single one of you. And uh, besides that, I'm also trying to come up with new ideas and concepts for the future. So perhaps you could help me with that. Maybe you could email me at anni ani at analexander.com, ani at analexander.com, and let me know what do you expect from right to be read in 2015 and what would you like me to change or add for you and I will make sure that you're not disappointed and you get what you need. Meanwhile, I'm bringing in another interview. Today, I will be talking to Matt Stone. Matt Stone, also known as Buck Flogging, is the founder of Buck Books and co-founder of Archangel Inc. Matt has been earning a full-time income as an author since 2010, has self-published 20 books and has written two traditionally published books as well. He's most notable for the creation of Buck Books at the end of May 2014, which has quickly grown to become the second largest book promotion website on earth. Well, uh, Matt, I'm really happy to have you here. Thank you very much for taking the time and coming to the Right to Be Read podcast.
1: Hey, congratulations on all your success, and I've been watching you grow, and um, yeah, it's it's awesome. Congrats, and I'm very happy to be here
0: oh thank you it's it's been an exciting journey you know a bit challenging one but still you know I'm I'm very happy with uh, with the results and with all the nice people I get to meet thanks to the podcast (laughs) so uh let's uh let's start from the very beginning let's see uh what are you doing and how did you get there
1: well, um I, currently I write under several different names. I write books under Buck Flogging, which is the uh sort of fictitious uh I don't know owner and operator of Buck Books, which is one of my websites. I also write under Matt Stone and MF Stone. Matt Stone is an author name I've written under for quite a while. In fact, I published my first book all the way back in 2006. Uh, it was traditionally published, and that was back before the days of Kindle and all that kind of stuff so i 've done a lot of things over the years and and currently you know my primary focus is amazon i really uh, you know i 've sold books every way you could possibly sell it I have two traditionally published books i 've published books under all these different author names i 've sold books on Lulu Barnes and Noble Google Play all the different vendors um i 've sold all kinds of stuff on my website. I've had affiliate programs for my books, and other people would sell my stuff. Uh, I joined ClickBank and tried to do ClickBank for a while. I mean, literally every way that you could possibly sell a digital ebook, um, I think I've tried it out. And, you know, Amazon Kindle is the most fun right now, and it's growing really quickly. And you know, if something happened and something changed, I feel comfortable. I could just pull out and do some of the things that I used to do and be successful. But, you know, it's just, it's where the party's at. And to me, it's the most enjoyable as well. So that's, I'm all about Kendo publishing these days. And it's just, even if it didn't pay that well, it's, it's so much fun, I think, to be able to publicly display your work and uh, get reviews and be out there competing against uh, big names and big authors.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a really fun and interesting place to be. And uh, what what genre are you writing? Is it nonfiction or uh, fiction? What are you writing? Yeah,
1: I've done. uh, I went actually to school for creative writing and wrote a lot of fiction back then. I wrote a lot of short stories. I almost finished a novel many many years ago, back before self publishing was really a a feasible option. And um, but right now, I write all. Uh, nonfiction exclusively. I started out doing a lot of health and nutrition research, and I put uh, seven or eight years, of really, really intensive research into that. And started blogging. I blogged for a couple years uh, before I wrote my first ebook, and then I went on to publish a collection of nearly, fi- I think, about fifteen ebooks in that that realm. I've since unpublished a lot of the old, outdated ones that I had written. But um, that's how I originally built up my presence online and uh, had great success as an author and got a lot of attention uh, because I was doing really well and I did it all you know, self-published. So uh, anyway, that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of my specialty and what I've done. And, and like I said, I created these other two uh, author names, M.F. Stone and Buck Flogging, recently so that I could have a little bit of an outlet because I'm definitely worn out of writing and researching about health and really excited to move on to other things and write about other things. And um, so that's kind of what my focus is is starting to become now.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, I see. Well, you mentioned that you didn't finish your novel, and I, I know many people who don't. What do you think is the main reason for that?
1: Um, I think back then a lot of it had to do with the fact that the publishing world was so nebulous. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now it's so easy to go out and self-publish a book. Now, that doesn't mean that it's going to sell really well, that it's going to be a bestseller or anything like that. But at least you don't have to go and figure out how to write a good query letter to a publisher and go through that process and spend an entire year or more developing the book and getting it into, you know, publish-ready shape by their standards Mm -hmm. uh, only to get 15% of the royalties or somewhere thereabouts. So, uh, to me, it was the. I think a lot of it was just that it it was so unclear how I would actually get this book published and up for sale that the inspiration to just follow through on it and execute that last, you know, 30 or 40 pages, um, you know, I just kind of fell flat. I also felt like the book, once I started nearing the end, that it just wasn't quite as good as I wanted it to be. Uh And. In in the beginning, I was writing it thinking all these very positive thoughts and, oh, this is going to be great. Oh, the story's really developing. This is so exciting. Oh, this chapter was just awesome. And I started to feel a little bit flat as I got towards the end and and felt like this book that I had hoped was going to be this grandiose uh, story was feeling a little bit flat and empty, like it was missing something. And once that enthusiasm falls... Uh, it's really, it's really tough to keep plugging along and and finish it up when you feel like you're sitting on something that is not nearly as good as you wanted it to be.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I understand. And you also mentioned that you were, um, traditionally published as well. And I know that, uh, that's something which is quite difficult to achieve. Can, Can you tell about how did you end up being traditionally published?
1: Yeah, well, I, like I said, I went to school for creative writing and, um, the big question i always had to my professors at that time this was back in 2000 uh so 14 years ago i was like okay i get how to write we have all these classes about how to write now you know how do you make a living as a writer and you know of course the professors didn't know the answer to that question because they were they were you know professors um that obviously they found a way to make a living off of writing but to actually sell your work was something that uh, they were really uncertain about how to do so I got um, I got really antsy about that, and I had this real burning desire to figure out how to do that. And um, so I ended up turning my senior writing project into um, you know going out and trying to actually get that published. And I found a local publisher that published outdoor books. Now this was a book about backpacking, not backpacking in the European sense, in terms of traveling, but backpacking in the North American sense, which means putting on a backpack with a tent and sleeping gear and going out into the middle of the wilderness for days and weeks on end. Mm-hmm. So so I, I wrote a book about that as my senior writing project, and then I went and tried to get it uh, published. And there just so happened to be, I, I lived in sort of an outdoor mecca for outdoor recreation, uh, which is Boulder. And there was a local publisher there that I'd noticed had published uh, some hiking guides in the area and some things like that. And uh, I actually just decided to go right to the publisher, walk through the door, and actually met with a person. Uh, and, um, you know, it was effective. He liked me, this young, enthusiastic guy who was uh, really excited about what I was doing. And, um, you know, he quickly uh, quickly led to me actually getting a publishing contract and, and publishing a book. And I've sold about, oh, maybe 200 copies mm-hmm. <laughs> the last, since it came out uh, almost 10 years ago. So... Uh yeah so that I I learned a good lesson there which is just because it was traditionally published doesn't mean that it's going to sell.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, and I I have a feeling that uh, the biggest challenge that writers are having these days, and because of this uh, self publishing being so easy, and because of so many books being out there, is actually the marketing and the selling of the books themselves. So I mean, it's it's okay, you know, if you are a writer, you can write a book, Uh, you can learn the formatting and you know, the uploading it to to Kindle, and the, the, the technical parts. But actually marketing, getting attention towards the book and selling it well is, is the biggest challenge that they are facing.
1: Absolutely. So,
0: and um and I would like kind of you know to to drive the conversation towards that aspect and i know that you're really good at it so uh let's say someone is a newbie writer who wrote and uh, finalized his first book which is ready to go out to kindle um what's the process should he start marketing before it's launched or you know as soon as he launches what should he do let's say he's he's kind of you know he started uh, starts from scratch and doesn't know what to do
1: well i this ties in perfectly to what i wanted to to tell you which is the story of my second traditionally published book ah oh, good because <laughs> um, there's some important marketing lessons in here for everyone now I, I got a chance, uh, because I have a big following, I built up a big following on my blog and uh, social media and things like that. Not huge, but enough for a successful book launch. And I'd written a lot of books that were selling well, so I was very visible, and a, a publishing company sort of tracked me down and wanted to publish my my book. And um, so... I I published it with them, and uh, they put a ton of money into this book, and you know, we got all these review copies sent out to 278 people, I believe. We sent a review copy, an actual physical copy to, and uh, got all these reviews and gave it this launch and everything. And after all was said and done, this traditionally published book, and this was published by the company, uh, a publishing company called Victory Belt, who publishes a lot of books about paleo diet and nutrition. Mm-hmm. And these guys actually have the highest ratio of New York Times bestsellers to books that they have published, meaning that, you know, they published about a hundred books, but they have maybe a dozen New York Times bestsellers. Um, which so they're they're a very successful publishing company. And of course I was so excited and thinking that, you know, I really had a chance at being a New York Times bestseller because so many of their books had had seen that type of success. So I published my book with them and thinking that they were going to be able to work all this marketing magic. And it it, it still, to this day, is one of the poorest selling books that I have in my entire collection. Mm -hmm. Um, There was more work put into it. It took almost a year from the time I finished. Well, it took maybe eight months from the time I finished the manuscript till the time it was actually published, which is actually really fast by traditional publishing standards. Uh, I found that uh, my ability to market the book Uh, through the channels and and the platform that I built were primarily responsible for the most of the sales that the book has gotten. Uh So I, you know, not to be down about traditional publishers, but they don't, they're not magicians. They don't have this magical ability to just take any book and make it a New York Times bestseller. It's, they're not much better at selling books than a lot of indie authors are. And indie authors are in the new digital age, actually have some advantages. And I believe that I'll be able to sell books better than traditional publishers here um, once my book promotion platform, Buck Books, has grown over the next year or 2
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see.
1: So, so, so here's, here's the answer to the question. Should someone start writing or start building up their platform? I mean, it's impossible to have a successful book run on a self-published book if you don't have at least a little bit of a launch platform built up. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have a launch platform built up, no matter how big it is, that's still not a guarantee that that's going to be a bestseller, but you can definitely give it a chance. It has to be given a chance in order to be a good seller. And if you can't give it a good chance at all, no matter how good the book is, it's just not going to sell that well. So, uh, my one of my uh, businesses that I'm, you know, partake in is uh, Archangel Inc. We've published almost a hundred books now, mm-hmm. and the success of each book can almost directly be linked and correlated to the number of downloads it got in the first twenty four hours. <clears throat> so if it got a thousand downloads in the first twenty four hours, it had a much better first month, second month, third month, fourth month, fifth month than a book that got 100 downloads or 200 or even 500 downloads at launch. It's almost, if you look at all of our books and how they sold, the ones that got the most downloads in the first 24 hours consistently, even four or five months later, are still outselling the ones that only got 100 or 200 downloads at launch. It's remarkably consistent.
0: Okay, so when when I'm following that logic, so maybe the right way is to start building the audience, consistently writing the books, but then keeping them until that o- audience is large enough to ensure that first push.
1: Yeah, yeah, And of course, there are a lot of book promotion platforms already built that can promote the book for you, mm-hmm. like BookBub or like Book uh, Buck Books that I created. The problem is that it's really hard if you're it's a new book, you're a new author, the book is maybe just has a couple of reviews, it's awfully tough to get anyone to promote that for you. Uh even if you're willing to pay hundreds of dollars to for them to promote it, it's awfully hard to get them to accept and approve that book and promote it if it doesn't look like it's a good book because obviously I have all these subscribers. I want to make sure that I keep those subscribers. I want to give them the best books that I can. I want to promote books that they're gonna love.
0: Yeah, and I see.
1: It's it's tough. It's tough to to justify promoting a book that hasn't proven to be well loved by readers yet.
0: Yeah, well, we briefly mentioned the book bug and I would like you to kind of, you know, explain to the listeners what it is and what it does for the
1: authors. Sure. Well, yeah, Buck Books is um, basically something I created as to find a marketing solution for all these books that we had taken on. Because we, we take books on and we publish with the royalty split with authors. So authors get 70%, we keep 30%. And we started publishing these books and didn't really have a very good marketing solution for them. You know, we had the ability to put them in several formats and make sure the book was great and give it a great cover, a great book description. We were able to do those things but that's still not selling, and we found that books that didn't get a proper launch fell flat on their face. So we urgently needed to come up with a marketing solution. So um, it was kind of a fusion of several things. First of all, I knew from experience and also from studying other people in the uh, the indie author space, like Steve Scott, for example, mm-hmm. um, You know, I knew that 99-cent releases – And promotions were really powerful. You know, everybody knows how countdown deals work in the indie community. You drop the price to 99 cents, you get a bunch of extra downloads that increases your rank because Amazon's rank system is built and based completely on number of downloads, not dollar value. Mm -hmm. So if you get a bunch of downloads, boom, you jump up into number one in the bestseller charts for your category and then you set the price back to normal and you get an elevated amount of full price sales for days, weeks, and sometimes even months after you've done a promotion on it. So that's what we were trying to create. You know, obviously, readers want books for the lowest price possible. And um, authors, it's highly advantageous with how Amazon works to get as many downloads as possible. So dropping the price as low as it will go. And um, it is great for readers and writers. And that's that was how Buck Books was created. And, um, you know, we've had a bunch of innovative solutions for getting subscribers in and, and it's, uh, it's taken off. It's growing really quickly. It's already the second largest book promotion entity in the world. And we've only been at it since May 30th. So it's really coming along quickly.
0: I see so how large is uh, you're sending out those books uh, besides having them on your website also to your email list right
1: Yeah we do uh, we do events so sometimes we'll get a bunch of books in a in a similar genre or niche and we'll put all those together all the authors will send traffic over to the event we have 850 affiliates now, which a lot of those will help send traffic over to the event as well. And then we send all of our subscribers over to the event as well. And we can congregate you know, tens of thousands of site visitors all on the same page at the same time, looking at the same 15 books, all reduced down to 99 cents. So some of our events have been just epic. Uh, one of our recent events a couple weeks ago, at one point during the day of the event, we had. 10 of the top 22 books in the entire Kindle store were from our promotion.
0: Wow. Impressive. So
1: almost, yeah, almost half of the top 20 we had there uh, during the promotion, which was crazy. I mean, Stephen King's new book was at 23 behind these other 10 books.
0: Wow. So, um,
1: yeah, it was pretty crazy. It was pretty wild. And, and that's, it gets very exciting. Um, and then we get a lot of subscribers in that we don't have events every day, but we have book deals every day. And we'll send out an email broadcast about those books. And uh, we haven't sent any books that high just with an email broadcast, but we still send almost every book into the top 1,000 in the Kindle store with our, our email broadcasts. And, um, you know, our, our our base, our marketing base, our subscriber list is growing really quickly. And, and I hope we'll be able to say that we can send every book to the top 100 um, by this time next year. So...
0: Okay. Well, you mentioned that uh, um, books uh, are uh, some books who don't have enough reviews or which don't look professional have less chances of of getting promotions. So, uh, what are your criteria?s How are you choosing which books to accept and which not?
1: Well, it's it's a, it's an amazing thing to promote three or four books every single day to an audience of people and then then study how many copies you sold and how the rank improves. Mm -hmm. It's been the most incredible crash course into what sells and what doesn't and why. And so I I have a feel for our subscribers and what they're going to like and what they're not going to like. We brought most of our subscribers in through events that are nonfiction. So I know nonfiction currently – to our subscribers is going to perform a lot better, mm-hmm. um, and it you know BookBub is like the the opposite of that. BookBub sells fiction really well, but they turn down a lot of nonfiction because nonfiction doesn't they can't sell it as well. Their subscriber base just doesn't like nonfiction as much as they like fiction. Yeah, and and that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to find books that match up to their audience, that they know their audience is going to go gaga over. And that's what we try to do as well. But we have to be even more particular than they do about it because we don't charge authors anything for promotion. So, you know, we have to be really careful about giving people books uh, that, you know, the subscribers are not going to like. Now, our criteria, uh, I would say over the last six or seven months and seeing all these books promoted, we're talking – the hundreds, hundreds, and hundreds of books. Um, I mean, I feel really confident that I can make a flash judgment on how a book is going to perform in a split second, just based on the title and cover, and the subject matter, and the reviews,
0: uh-huh.
1: um, which is really cool. So I can see the difference between promoting a book with a thousand reviews, five hundred reviews, a hundred reviews, fifty reviews, or two reviews, and I can see how the subscribers respond. And uh, reviews are definitely important, but they're not, they're not the end all be all. Um, because I have seen books, new releases especially, will say, hey, this is a new release. And um, if it only has a few reviews, then it doesn't deter the subscribers from buying it quite as much. So you don't have to have a ton of reviews. But again, it's just, it's hard because it takes a lot of experience to know what a good finished product looks like. And, and it. it I, I certainly didn't get everything right on my first book. And my first book that I wrote is it would be in no way worthy of getting a, pro- a promotion from anybody because it just wasn't professional enough. The cover wasn't professional enough. The interior wasn't professional enough. The book description wasn't professional enough. Nothing about it was good enough. Mm-hmm. But now that, of course, I've seen so many books promoted and we've published 100 books, <clears throat> I've written 15 of my own and published them. Um, actually 20 books now with all the other authors that I'm writing under. Um, you know, it just takes a lot of practice, I think, to, to get to that level. So so I guess what I'm saying is that there definitely is a barrier that's tough to break beyond. If you were a new art, author starting out, it's tough to get your head just above that barrier where things can really take off. And that's why a lot of people don't have overnight success mm-hmm. with with self-publishing and indie publishing and why it does take writing several books, building a platform, practicing for a while. Maybe by the 10th book you write, you're starting to see, you know, $500 to $1,000 a month. And you're finally building up your 1,000, 1,500 subscribers. Now when you release a new book, you're able to get 15 reviews out of this audience you've built. Um, it just takes a while to build up critical mass to where you can get just beyond that barrier and start to be, uh, start to have that marketing advantage over 98% of the other indie authors that are out there. And it just takes time. I think it takes you – know, re- realistically, it probably takes a year or two. And in that year or two, it's a great period of time to be working on your craft and improving your writing, improving your eye for what is professional, what is selling, what isn't, and why. And um, anyway,
0: yeah. Well, you mentioned that your service is free, and I know that bookbub is uh, quite expensive. So, what made you decide to have this available for authors for free?
1: Well, I I love authors. I'm an author myself, and um, almost everybody on our team that we have um, is an author and, and sells books. So, I mean, I I I love, and I'm so proud to be able to say, "Hey, Buck Books." is free. Um you can get your book promoted for free. It's a really exciting thing. Um what we ask for in exchange is that you know the author's work really hard to uh try to send some people over to our site. So we we, we get basically an exchange. Hey, you promote us, we'll promote you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we don't need to be you don't need to be sending us any money. Just send us some love. And, um, and, and that, that works pretty well. And we actually have an affiliate program. So we actually pay authors to send the traffic over as well. So authors really, I mean, nobody would in their right mind would say no to getting a Buck Books promotion. It's just, um, you know, obviously we want to make sure, you know, a lot of people have, have sort of felt like, oh, well, I don't have a very big audience. So Buck Books is probably not going to be promoting my book. And, and that's not really true. The most important thing is that, that we have good books. Because our subscribers are the most important thing.
0: Yeah, I see. Growing
1: our subscriber base is a little bit more secondary to that. I mean, obviously, we want to grow that subscriber base. Uh, we want to grow it, and authors want that, <laughs> that subscriber base to be as big as it possibly can be, of course. But um, anyway, I mean, that's what we're trying to build up is kind of a community resource where all the authors are promoting book books, and then when you get your book promoted in there, there's going to be a lot more subscribers you're going to sell a lot more books and um you know it's going to be a lot more worthwhile
0: Mm-hmm. yeah i see well uh, the countdown deals are also kind of you know short promotions to to decrease your books price to 99 cents and there are also authors who have their books permanently as 99 cents so which is the proportion i mean what kind of uh, writers uh, what kind of books do you get for the promotions usually what's the proportion of those two
1: well um we're not we're not completely uh inv- by invite only but we do spend a lot of time scouting out authors books looking for stuff that looks really really good and um you know that we know our authors you know we know that our subscribers would like so um you know we don't have any specifications per se but but um that are like set in stone but we do go out and we promote you know, pretty much anything that we think would be good. But we will typically go out and scout out books, contact the author and say, hey, you know, we will, will you be willing to drop your price of your book to 99 cents for this promotion? Um it, it could be a countdown deal, although we have some subscribers that are outside of the United States that don't get that. And we we prefer not to do countdown deals because not everybody gets those at 99 cents. Uh-huh. Um we promote books that are always 99 cents we promote books uh of any price really i would say the ideal book is one that's always 9.99 that's a little bit not doesn't have to be an an, an opus but it, it it needs to be at least um you know at least 100 pages or so uh, the longer the book i think the better cuz it the better perceived value when you're getting a full length book for 99 cents um and then uh yeah, that's that's what we like to promote is stuff that's heavily discounted. I mean, if you're getting a book that's usually ten dollars for one dollar for one buck, uh, it's it's a better deal, and uh, the subscribers get more excited about that. So that's we try to find stuff out there that uh, really has a high perceived value to our subscribers. But we promote short stuff all the time. Uh, we do free promotions as well. If we have books that are shorter, maybe they don't have as many reviews. We're more likely to take a book that's not very well established um, that we wouldn't feel comfortable promoting at 99 cents and then promoting that for free and doing a free promo for that, which is a great way to get some exposure if you're a brand new author and nobody knows about you yet.
0: Mm -hmm, I see. Well, you mentioned that your service performs quite well with nonfiction and uh, not as much with fiction books. Um, Do you have any plans concerning the fiction books?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. We have uh, a new fiction side that we've developed. Uh, We we haven't uh, done any events on it yet. Right now, I'm working on bringing in uh, someone who can run the fiction side, and we'll have fiction events all the time. And those fiction events will bring in fiction subscribers specifically. We're also going to segment our subscriber list, so when people subscribe, they can choose fiction, nonfiction, uh, and as or or both as their preference, and that will determine which emails email broadcasts that they get sent. But I'm really excited about the fiction side because we'll have uh, continuous events. Like let's say once a month, we'll probably have an event in several different categories. So, like, maybe the first day of the month is mysteries and the second day of the month is, um, you know, romance. And the third day of the month is erotica. And the fourth day of the month is, you know, fantasy or who knows. But but we'll probably have a pretty regular schedule and we'll have events going on in those various uh, genres all the time and uh, be getting a lot of authors' books in and a lot of promotions. So, fiction ultimately will be um, – just as much of a focus of ours, if not more of a focus of ours than nonfiction, but nonfiction just happens to be where we started out. But, um, but that's, that's going to change in 2015.
0: Uh Uh-huh. That's, that's nice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, um, well, we spoke about 99 cents and, you know, driving promotions through, um, price decrease. What are the other things in marketing the book that you have found quite successful besides decreasing the price?
1: Well, I mean, there's, there's a million things that you could do. Um, you know, my own history as an author, you know, I blogged for a long time and I built up a subscriber base and I built up you know, followers on social media, and I appeared on, I've probably been on 50 podcasts, and I've written all these guest articles that appeared on other websites. You know, I've done a lot of things uh, before I finally published my first book on Kindle. Um, So all that stuff works. It just takes, it takes a lot of work, and it takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And personally, for me, and this is where the name Buck Flogging came from, Uh, I wrote a book called Kill Your Blog because to me, it it was a huge waste of time to be blogging for the number of years that I did. Now, you can make a tremendous amount of money from blogging, not from the writing itself, but from the sale of affiliate products, Mm -hmm. right? So you can put Amazon links in your post and you can sell all kinds of affiliate offers and book bundles and all kinds of different events on the internet. I mean, there's an unlimited resource of things that you can sell. I mean, you could sell anything online and that's how bloggers make money. If you can draw traffic, then you can sell stuff and make some affiliate commission and make a great li- living, but you're not actually selling your writing. And if you want to be an author, I really don't think that blogging is the answer. Um, it's not a very efficient way to capture leads and getting email subscribers is really the only thing that's really going to perform very well when it comes to actually launching a new book and getting it sold, getting the, all those hefty amount, numbers of downloads, thousand plus downloads at launch, all those reviews, your loyal fans. It's, it's great to build a subscriber list and um, you know, so that, that works incredibly well but uh, to me blogging is not a good way to do that. The best way to, is to actually go outside of your website and be networking with other people that have already built an audience. I mean, that's they put in all this legwork. They put in years of work to build up this audience. And overnight, you can tap into and appear before those, that audience by writing some kind of guest article or short story or something to appear on that site, networking with authors that can help you out and will do you a favor. Uh, maybe you could do a favor for them. You know, I'm sure as your podcast has grown, you've experienced many things like that. Uh, Doing a podcast might be a great way. Um, Hosting events, maybe you host a short story event and a competition of some kind on a website and you get thousands of people to subscribe um, from that event Uh, and then you promote your work to those people afterwards. I mean, there's a lot of innovative solutions for driving email subscribers it's just a matter of doing it, but it, it it does, realistically and honestly, it does take a lot of work and a lot of time, and uh, at the end of the day, I think most authors' time is best spent just writing more books and publishing more books and continuing to put together a catalog to get better and better at what they do. Maybe they could have a lead capture page on a website or at least something to where they could be building up a little bit of a following. And just keep doing it and working on it. I think that's probably a better thing to do than to be so focused on marketing. Marketing is important, but I hate to see authors focused on marketing because I know they should really be focused on their writing. And um, they'll probably still go farther in their careers if they just really focus on that writing more than anything else.
0: Yeah, I agree. And also, I think that uh, when a nonfiction writer blogs about the topic he writes uh, books on, then it may be justified. But for example, for fiction writers, it's very difficult to build an audience uh, with blogging because you have a challenge of uh, what to blog about, actually. And especially if you're not a genre writer and you, you're writing in different genres, it's yet another even bigger challenge. Uh, so uh, I don't know how, how fiction writers approach that, but uh, blogging uh, doesn't really work so well for everyone, I <laughs> Right.
1: Well, it's and it's very time consuming. So what I always recommend is obviously you want to put something in the back of your book. When the person is done reading your book, you are able to send them to a website where you're capturing leads, you know, subscribe for my newest release.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, that would be the most the, the simplest thing you could you could possibly do. It's still going to work. It's still going to be building up your platform. But it doesn't require any kind of blood, sweat, and tears on your part. It doesn't distract you from the the work that you're already doing. So that's the simplest solution, and you can still draw, you know, get some good leads, and you still want to be able to communicate on your terms with your fans when you have a new book coming out, or you have a sale on your books, or things like that. It's great to have an audience, and it doesn't require a hundred thousand people on your list for it to work. Even just having a couple hundred is enough to get three or four awesome reviews on your brand new book. And that's enough to often overcome. You're already ahead of 50% of the competition just by having that little tiny thing. So, um, And one thing I do for authors and recommend is, um, is I have them subscribe to a webpage uh, where they can get uh, new releases for free. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't convert like radically, you know, amazingly well or anything. But it does allow you to build up an audience. I've had, um, you know, basically the, the the website will say, "Subscribe to get all of my new releases for free." And then I'll every every new release an author comes out with, uh, you release it KDP Select with a free promo. You just try to get as many reviews as you can get and get a little exposure on the book. And uh, that will, if you get several thousand downloads, will usually drive more subscribers back to your site because at the end of your book, it says, hey, get all my new releases for free back at my website. And it, it takes some time. You're going to have to go through several rounds of of releasing new books for free and then getting subscribers, releasing more books to more subscribers. It's going to take a while before you build up to where you have 500, 1,000 type of subscribers. But you know, I've worked with authors who've gone from 200 subscribers to two or three thousand just since May by doing this exact thing, you know, just by sending, doing some free promos and sending people back to a one page website. There's nothing to do there except subscribe or leave the page. And that gets people on your subscriber list and allows you to have a much better promotion platform when you go to release a new book. And then you just keep writing and writing and writing and writing.
0: Yeah, well, having the email list is like the ideal way to directly connect with the readers. And uh, you spoke briefly about networking. And there are plenty of places where you can network with peer writers. But are there any places besides using the email list to kind of create some kind of relationship and engage with your readers?
1: Um well there there's social media there's good reads which is, almost functions like a social media network mm-hmm. um you know again it just it just the question is is your time best spent you know are you going to get a, a good enough return on the time you spend at those places and um you know i think it's probably worth it because you know you go over there and network with some other authors and some readers. Let, let's just focus on authors again. You know, it's good to connect with a reader, and you get a fan. You know, that's that's great. But authors that already have a huge following, that allows you to tap into a much bigger group of people. It's kind of like being the opening act at a concert. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Rage Against the Machine has got millions of followers, and by being their opening act, you get tremendous exposure. Um, so. I don't, it's kind of a random choice for bands. Sorry, um, but but you can if you network with an author. Let's you just never really know what that might lead to. It could be a chance to co-author a book together. It could lead to a, an appearance on their podcast. Um, it could lead to any number of different things. You just never know what's going to happen. I know that sounds really nebulous, but if I think about the people that I've connected with and who've had me on their podcasts and done things like that it just came from just kind of you know playing around with them on social media mm-hmm. conversing sure. with them and talking about certain things and then they kind of take interest in me and oh man you know i didn't i didn't know you were such and such and we should get you on the podcast and you know things just kind of happen when you're out there socializing and mingling with people who have uh, at least somewhat of a following built for themselves. And as a fiction author, you know, it's definitely more difficult. But at the same time, there's a lot of authors out there. These, these author Facebook groups and things, I mean, that's how I got on this podcast. I was mm-hmm. commenting on something in, in a Facebook group for authors, Pat Flynn's group, and, and you were there and you said, hey, you should come on the podcast. I mean, that kind of thing happens all the time if you're putting yourself out there.
0: Yeah. And,
1: um, so I do think it can be time well spent building good relationships with people, but you do have to make sure that, that it is actually doing something for you and that it's not a big time sink because it it certainly can be. Again, I don't want people to, to drift too far away from the, their work because their work should be 80% of their focus all the time anyway. Um, but there are some peripheral things that you can do like that and just Making real genuine connections with other human beings is good. Go out there and review some other author's books. Um, An author that has a big following, go review it and be like, hey, I loved your book. I left a review. Hey, they, they're they going to feel indebted to you and feel like, you know, very grateful for what you've done. And you can always mention, hey, by the way, I'm an author. And, you know, they they may end up in mentioning your work to somebody on their subscriber list. Maybe they want to collaborate on something together. Maybe... Maybe they invite you to be in a book event that they're putting together, some big promotional event. You just never know how what you know, how things are gonna happen if you're going out there and building good, genuine relationships with other people who are doing what you do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I truly believe in relationships and uh, in the human connections. And uh, actually, that's how I ended up in in Pat Flynn's group is uh, basically the best one we have for authors on Facebook, because uh, most of them uh, genuinely help each other and you get really nice Tips and people support each other emotionally and by sharing each other's works and by uh, providing support and answering the questions. So it's it's really a place where a person can kind of go and get what he's lacking when he's kind of, you know, in the lonely process of writing a book by himself.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I love that group a lot. Uh, you know, when I first found the, some of these author groups, I was kind of like, eh, you know, this doesn't seem like a worthwhile use of time, but it's, it's amazing. Once I started spending a little bit more time over there and started to genuinely connect with people and care about what they're doing and care about the questions they're asking. And, you know, I built some great relationships. I've promoted several books that I discovered in there through Buck Books and, um, you know, gotten some people, uh, you know, some really good relationships going with people. And, and, um, so yeah, go over there and stir up a, a ruckus over there. Don't be promotional. Nobody likes you to go in there and Hey, check out my book. It's only 99 cents. It's the great story of seduction or whatever. No. Nobody <laughs> wants, nobody wants to hear that stuff. Absolutely. Nobody pays any attention. they, Go in there and be like, "Hi, this is who I am, and and nice to meet you." I mean that that's going to get you a lot farther and build some genuine connections. Be funny, be interesting, entertaining; uh, those kinds of things get you noticed by people. And um, when you get noticed by people, you start building relationships. You build relationships, and those can lead to things that 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 make your career grow by. Huge leaps and bounds that you never would have been able to achieve just by hanging out and typing away on your keyboard on your next book without uh, you know, any kind of interaction with anybody else.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that in, in similar places, it's very useful to get feedbacks on different things. So you don't really have to launch a book and then change the cover realizing it doesn't work. You can come up and show the cover you're planning to have, for example, and then get the feedback of people who, who are in that industry and kind of, you know, can feel in advance whether that cover will work or not, for example.
1: Yeah, and and you um you find out about um you know marketing tactics, you far, you find out about who the best freelancers are cuz people are eager eager to share people that that have done great work for them over there. Uh you know, it's also good to read some other books about self-promotion and and self-publishing and book marketing and you know, I've done plenty of my homework there that that helped me out a lot too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, the difference I think what makes me more successful than typical authors and, and just entrepreneurs in general is that, you know, when I read a great book by a great author, the first thing I do is reach out and start building a relationship with that author. Like, hey, man, I really like your book and can I do you a favor? Uh, let me do this for you. Let me do this for you. Hey, I want to promote it through Buck Books. Hey, let, let us turn this into an audiobook for you. Or, I mean, there's just all these different kinds of things that I reach out. And that's, that's how I got to know all the people in the self publishing industry
0: absolutely and I think that somehow I don't know why this stereotype came uh, from where did it come but uh, we have this stereotype that writers are introverts and they're not really kind of you know uh, communicative people etc but that's not true actually if you reach out to a writer most of them are very eager to connect with you and build relationships
1: yeah I mean I I would say just personally I I do I, I am pretty reclusive. Like I don't go out – I can't. I kind of am a typical author. I don't have a lot of friends like in my local area. I don't go out and like have beers with the guys at the end of the night. And I, I think a lot of us authors, we are very introspective people. We think a lot. Uh, maybe sometimes it is a little bit harder to actually socially connect with other people because we have such busy minds and big ideas and the sort of mundane conversations that dominate other people's lives may not be very inspiring to us, at least that's how it is for me. But I love talking about things that I'm interested in with people who are also interested in it. And to me, that's what makes these author groups and the self-publishing people. And I feel like I'm going out there and finding my tribe of people that I love to communicate with. I mean, everybody wants to be social. It's just, it's hard to find people that you can socially connect with. And, um, but it's never been easier to socially connect with people who have similar interests and, and goals and aspirations that you do and communicating and socializing with people like that is, I mean, it's fantastic. I can't, it's addictive. <laughs> it's hard for me to get off of Facebook sometimes. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. <laughs> that happens. Well, just wrapping up, uh, do you have any one single important advice to newbie writers? What, If you had to choose just one, what it would be?
1: Well, gosh. <laughs> I mean, it's really hard to just choose one. I know. <laughs> um, well, here's what I observe a lot. Um, I observe a lot of people who are just doing things very unprofessionally and they don't know it. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, I have that, that split-second eye test that I can give any book listing, and I can tell immediately if it's you know, going to be successful or not because I've seen a thousand books followed them, promoted them, changed covers on them, seen just a million things. And I think there's so many people out there who are doing things subpar without realizing it. Maybe they think their cover looks good. Maybe people in the Facebook group even told them that their stuff looks great. Um, But it just isn't. It's not there. It's not even close. And I, I think one of the best things you can do is just partner with somebody who can help you with the other side of the business. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to do it if you're a writer, you should focus on your writing and have somebody else focus on everything else uh, that's what I truly believe and that's why my partner Rob and I, who's also Rob's been on your podcast as well yeah that's how uh that's why we started Archangel Inc, which is really designed to be uh partnering up with authors and letting them focus on their writing while we take care of the marketing and the book cover and the and the formatting for Kindle and formatting for paperback and editing and proofreading and, you know, book description writing and all those kinds of things that we do um, allow authors to just focus on what they're good at, which is the writing part. And uh, it's great to build a team like that. And, I mean, 95% of the things that I do in my businesses are not done by me. They're done by somebody else. Uh-huh. And um, the, the sooner you can adopt that, side, that sort of mindset and build a team and treat your author business like a team venture and treat it like a business like a company with certain specialists to do certain things for you uh, the sooner you can get to that point uh, the better and uh, I really think that that's an important thing that a lot of authors are missing and they're trying to do it all themselves and um, it, it's really hard to create a professional finished product when you're going at it alone or, or even you know with help from people from Fiverr because you know yeah. it's not always the best quality help either
0: yeah I agree well, thank you very much for coming over. Thank you for sharing so many things with the listeners. Uh, I really appreciate your help, and um, uh, I hope that uh, very soon we'll have a very successful new wing with the fiction part for the.
1: Hey, I'll be. I'll be. Uh, I'll be trying my best to get that built <laughs> up, and um, as long as is you and, and as well as the people listening to this podcast, just create the best book that you possibly can, focus on quality you know the uh, the old indie author model is to well, don't focus on quality so much, just work on getting a lot of books out there. Just keep publishing, 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 publishing and um, and don't obsess over the little details and and what I'm looking for with Buck Books, which is really going to be the ultimate way to go from being an unheard of author to being very successful. Uh, You know, what I'm looking for is some really, really great stuff that I can share with the uh, subscribers that they're going to love. So definitely keep that quality as high as you can possibly keep it and uh, feel free to reach out and try to connect with me maybe over in the Facebook group or something like that. And, um, and we'll see if we can get your book promoted for you. I'd, I'd love to help out anybody who's, really put together a very professional product that deserves to be to be out there and selling.
0: Okay, thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Matt.
1: All right, Ani, take care. Thank you.
0: You too, bye. Well, another episode came to its end. If you enjoy Write to Bread podcast and would like to help it grow, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes at www.anialexander.com slash iTunes, www dot, dot com slash itunes and also spare me a minute and leave review there too please i thank you in advance for that and truly appreciate your support meanwhile i wish you success with your books and hope to meet you in the next episode